Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I am fired up. It's Friday, and I've got a great guest here for you. I got Sam, who runs the Women of the Hobby channel on Instagram and YouTube. Sam is someone I've been following. I love what she's doing with her platform, highlighting females in the hobby. She gets into her collecting, the reason why she started her page, and there's a lot of other fun stuff. If you like what I'm doing over here, hit the subscribe button. Tell a damn friend that you're enjoying the Stacking Slabs podcast. Without further ado, let's kick it to the conversation. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the show. I am excited for today's episode. I am joined by someone who I have been following for quite some time and finally um, have her on the show. I am joined by Sam. You probably know Sam from the Woman of the Hobby handle. She has also got her own personal Instagram account at Sam Stuff under or at Sam's underscore stuff 25. Um, we're going to just talk about her content, her place in the hobby, and who knows where this is going to go. But without further ado, Sam, how are you? Hi. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Um, those are the the handles that I'm, I'm most active on. But yeah, I'm super excited to, to be on Stacking Slabs. I mean, I listen to it quite a bit, and I thoroughly enjoy all your guests that you have on. So I'm excited to be here. <laughs> awesome. And I think I was doing some, I try to do a little bit of research on my guests. If I uh, before the show. And it, I, I was reading something about um, your start in the content uh, creation game and the hobby. And did you start your channel like at the height of pandemic like I did? Was that kind of when it when you started Women of the Hobby? So I started like to get back into card collecting like during the pandemic. That was kind of my my entrance was when everyone else entered back in. Um, but I actually started Women of the Hobby a little bit into it. I didn't start that until around February of this year. So I'd been in it for maybe eight months before I, I started the content creation. Were you, so you were just like everybody else, people stuck at home, working from home. People probably saw content, people getting into cards um, and you jump back in. Did you have a, before you got into cards kind of when everyone else did? Uh, what was kind of your previous history with collecting? Yeah, definitely. So I honestly, I don't think I've had much of like too much of a history. Like, so I know some people like they collected for years as kids. I more so collected like first and foremost, I'm a sports fan. Like that's my true love is sports. And so as a kid, I would get the sports illustrated for kids magazines. And so that those cards, those little tear out cards were what I had in terms of my collection. I also had, you know, just like some random packs and cards here and there but that was kind of you know I think I was about geez like 10 or so when I had you know I was really into collecting those magazines and getting those cards and so that's kind of how it first started but then yeah when I got back into it of course my first thought I was at home with my parents I was school was canceled like my senior year of college so I came back home because of COVID and yeah, I started looking for things to do around the house, of course, and came across, you know, these cards. And I was like, okay, I should probably look into this. And that's just kind of where it took off. 
So when you jump back in, obviously there's a lot of information and content. And for me, at least when I re-entered, it was like, this looks a lot and feels a lot different than when I left it. What was kind of your, your North star in collecting? Like, what did you gravitate towards? And is that, are those cards or players or teams that you're still collecting today? Yeah, definitely. So when I first got in, I was actually, um, like, I'm a really big football fan, like first and foremost. So obviously I was looking for, you know, you know, Carolina Panthers players. That's who I like. Um, but one thing that I was also paying attention to when I first got in were essentially what I thought of as like stars of the game, which would be like, for me, like Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, in terms of basketball, like those were actually like Shaquille O'Neal's like these players are so cheap. Like this is crazy. Like you can get their rookie cards for like dollars. And so I just stuck with like, you know, getting those types of players uh, initially. Um, And then, you know, throughout I started getting into, I didn't get into breaks, but I started watching breaks. And I think that's how I learned more about, I guess, like the modern or more newer cards coming out uh, was just watching the breaks. I was too, I don't want to say I was scared, but I was like, at the time I was like, $50 for like chance, like a chance at some cards. It's like, that's a lot of money. I can't, can't do that. So I would just watch what other people would get, but that was kind of how I, I think I learned a lot just through watching that. Yeah, no doubt. So I got a Panthers. They had a big uh, coaching change. It's been a bit of rough year for the Panthers. I think with just injuries and everything else, like um, we all go through this as fans of teams, like how, how have you been which they've won games too. So like, what are your vibes and how do you feel about the Panthers this year and and into the future? Oh man, the Panthers have been like a bag of mixed emotions. (laughs) It's a, it's been crazy. Like we started off three and out. I went to like the first two home games. We were winning. Sam Darnold was decent. He wasn't losing us the game. And then Caffrey gets hurt. I think Darnold starts to actually lose us games instead of just being like a manager and then we signed Cam Newton and it's like, oh, like we have all this hope and he did decent. And then this last game he gets pulled. So it's just like, there's so many ups and downs. And then, as you mentioned, we just fired our offensive coordinator, uh, I think as of yesterday. So yeah, it's been a big, a big, mad mixed bag of emotions, but uh, yeah, I think, I don't know. I'm a little bit concerned because I'm scared that McCaffrey has gotten hurt too much. Um, I think his time as being a dominant running back, and this is like as a Panthers fan, is kind of coming to a close. I just don't think he's going to be able to stay healthy. He hasn't been able to do that for the past two years, so I'm not really sure why I would think he could stay healthy in the future. But so I don't know. I'm kind of doom and gloom a little bit, but I don't know. We'll see. I I, I was hoping we would be in a rebuilding phase, but I'm not too sure where we're at. <laughs> Are there primarily with your Panthers PC, are there players that you focus in on or is it just kind of across the board? Yeah, definitely. So I'm a huge Luke Keekley fan. Um, I feel like some people may or may not have heard of him, but if you're a Carolina Panthers fan, he's like a fan favorite for sure. Um, and he, of course, um, was pretty much a star, like as I grew up essentially, like from the team and we went to Super Bowl with him and Cam. So that was just like, he's a part of a, a big team for the organization. But um, yeah, so I like him. I also like uh, Steve Smith. He's also like an all-time great for the Panthers. So really like him and then Julius Peppers. So I'm into a lot of, I guess, no one that's actively playing that I'm like currently collecting, I guess. I think I have a soft spot for uh, Keekly. Uh, one, because well, he was such a great football player. Like 
top linebacker in the league when he played like shirt, like all over the place, tackled everybody. Um, but whenever I hear his name brought up, it triggers kind of for me as being a Colts fan, Andrew Luck is like a guy that left kind of at the top of his game. Um, and it, I know Kinkley like never, never took any steps back. Like he was like an elite player and walked away. When you heard like the news of him walking away, were you surprised? Like, did you expect it? Like what was going on in your head? Yeah. When I heard, like, obviously I saw on Twitter, like I see a lot of things, but uh, I saw that I saw his video that he put out and yeah, it was really sad. Um, I'm not too sure that I was surprised. I knew towards the end he was getting a lot of concussions and um, I think the last concussion that he had, obviously he was crying very hard and people looking back said, I think he made a promise to himself, like the next concussion I get, like I'm going to stop. Um, so I think that's kind of, what happened there in that situation, but all in all, I'm, I'm happy for him and the career that he had uh, with the Panthers. But of course I was sad for my own being of not being able to watch him play, but yeah, he, I think he's just a good guy too. I also have like go to the Carolina Panthers training camp and um, the year he won defensive rookie of the year. So starting his second season, he stayed like there's a, a hill where everybody can get autographs signed and things. And he stayed at the very beginning all the way through the very end and signed every single person. So he's just that kind of guy. That's awesome. Yeah. Those things stick with fans and it's uh, hard to get that out of your heart and mind. And I think that's, what's the best part about the hobby is you can continue that fandom by collecting uh, players that, that will trigger those moments. Um, maybe let's, I want to talk about the content stuff, but before I do, uh, I think just like, do you feel like just as a female sports fan, female football fan that you are um, a minority like do you feel that like because I think I read something that you were you're doing another interview and like I think it was this was hobby related when like you're getting responses back and through eBay or whatever where it's anonymous and people are saying hey man or hey bro like does is that maybe some of the inspiration for the channel that you've created yeah, definitely. So I think that was kind of my main motive behind it in the very beginning was, you know, on Twitter or eBay, people would just message me. Even with she, her in my bio, I normally don't do that, but I did it particularly just because I recognize that, you know, a lot of people are just assuming that I'm a male or I'm a guy. So yeah, I definitely felt like, you know, I definitely knew it was a male dominated hobby. Um, and even going into, you know, other card shows or different card shops like you can just tell by the clientele or the people walking around that it's mainly males um so yeah I did kind of feel a a bit of a minority and and that was a large motive for creating this account was kind of for my own gain of you know I want to meet other women who collect and you know why can't I share this you know with other people who might also be feeling the same way and you know it's it's been really good because I've definitely had people reach out and say you know I've been collecting for this long and people always assume like you know, it's for my husband or it's for my dad, but it's for me. And so, um, it's just different things like that. And it's, it's really been a fun journey just to, to watch it grow. Yeah. So that's awesome. And, uh, something I noticed right out of the gates. And I think something just in me doing this show and like when I first started and I was having conversations, I, I, it took me a second where I took a step back and I was like, there's like, absolutely like, well, there was a little, but like, there's just, there's no diversity in like this guest list. Like it's all just like white dudes who are collecting cards, which 
I think for me, it was like taking a step back and realizing, well, that's not the hobby as a whole. Like the, the hobby as a whole is very unique, has a ton of different segments and different people participate in these segments of all walks of life. And so I think that it was a mo- I think your page was one of those moments where I like took a step back and was like, oh man, there's this whole like other side of the hobby that I'm not even considering and thinking about. So I just want to say thank you for like opening up like my eyes, which I think you've probably opened up several other people's eyes to, wow, there are females who collect and wow, there are females who are super passionate about buying cards. And it doesn't matter if you're male or female, it's just about the joy of the hobby. So I think that's amazing. Talk about your journey with the channel. Like, obviously you have, you have a purpose for it, but like, talk a little bit about things you've, you've learned along the way and people you've met. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I, I appreciate the thank you. Um, it's It's been good to hear that, you know, it's at least gaining traction and there's awareness of just like other people uh, within the hobby. But yeah, my my kind of journey throughout um, or the journey with the the content, it's been, it started off, you know, initially the women of the hobby, I feel like some people, there's a little bit of like, people don't know always how to say it, but my original thought process was, you know, there's humans of New York and it's essentially where they just sit and like tell the stories of other people in New York and even across the globe now. And so that's why I did women of the hobby, because initially I wasn't, I was just planning to interview a ton of women about, you know, their story, whatever they wanted to share within the hobby, whether it be, you know, how they got into collecting or maybe their favorite card or anything like that, that they wanted to share was just my initial thought process. And then kind of as it went on, I started doing just like some other episodes, just like weekly episodes with Hannah from She Collects Cards, um, where we just kind of sit and chat about the hobby. So we already know each other. We're not really interviewing each other, but more so just talking about things going on. So kind of added that aspect to it of just having kind of, I guess, two female co-hosts kind of on a show. So that's kind of how it's evolved so far. But I think initially, a lot of the support that I had kind of led it to grow. So there were, you know, bigger names in the hobby that definitely shared the page with it, which I think is super helpful in terms of getting the word out in the hobby. So I think Instagram too is a really good tool to kind of share different things going on. There's a big, I guess, hobby following on IG. So I think that's been helpful and just having yeah, the support of others kind of share the page, whether it be on Instagram or YouTube. So that's been good, but yeah, I don't know. I think as of right now, my biggest kind of struggle though with with it is being consistent. I think, you know, I've had different things go on just like other personally wise. So I'm just trying to get back into being consistent and, and posting more on a consistent basis because, you know, I didn't realize, I think when I initially started doing this that, you know, I love cards for that hobby, but making content is another hobby that you have to kind of enjoy and want to do as well. Um, so it's kind of balancing those two. Awesome. And I know we chatted a little bit about this before we jumped on here, but having a, a platform and having a show give affords you the opportunity to meet other people, have conversations, connect, network, and do all that. Obviously, you're doing that. Um, you're you're uh, using your platform to bring uh, light to a lot of females that exist in the hobby that people might not know about, which is great. Is there any particular story or individual or uh, kind of light bulb moment that has happened since you've been running the channel that stands out to you that you'd like to talk about here? Yeah. So 
I'm not sure that there's like a, a particular, I guess like instance, but I think just like meeting um, Hannah, my co-host that, you know, initially she was the first person that I ever interviewed on, on the show. Um, and it was really her channel initially, you know, I'd been watching a ton of YouTube hobby content creators and, you know, it took me nine months to run across her channel. She collects cards. And so I, it was her, it was saying, okay, she has a YouTube channel. Like I can start this too. That type of thing um, was super helpful. And so, you know, starting off with her being my first interview and then having it all kind of culminate where, you know, we were with with each other at the National, hanging out together, you know, getting dinner and just like, you know, seeing this kind of friendship and relationship grow, you know, over the span of maybe like six months is crazy. So I just think it's the ability of the hobby to to make these different relationships. Um, you know, we're on opposite sides of the country. She's out west. I'm on the East Coast. So it's just kind of the global factor of everything as well. That's great. Um, do you, uh, so a lot, maybe we, we get into a little bit of just hobby conversation mm-hmm. and just state of things. I think, uh, this year has been insane from a like industry perspective and all the changes and everything that has happened. I think we've seen just card prices, you know, the more kind of commodity stuff go down where the more collectible stuff go up. Um, just a lot of different the Tom Brady's cards are to the moon and then some is it, what stands out to you in just 2021 from a hobby storyline perspective and kind of what are you going to be following as we go into the new year? Yeah, definitely. I mean, 2021 has been absolutely crazy. I still can't believe way back in February and March prices were at an all time high for literally everything. That was a little bit scary to me. I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit concerned when prices, like it almost felt like it was unbelievable. It was like, is this really happening? Like, it, you know, top, I was following kind of my card for watching that kind of spike was like LeBron James tops Chrome, you know, it hit <laughs> 40K and now I think PSA 10 is maybe like 18, 17. So, you know, losing 50% is, is a lot, but it also gained a lot. So it, it's just interesting. I think my kind of overall takeaway starts with that and the fact that the hobby in the beginning of the year, it started off a little crazy and unbelievable, but I think now that it's kind of settled, I'm more confident in it. And the fact that I feel like it's, it's more real and it's just going to be, you know, it's more, it kind of mimics more of a true market. And so I think that's something that I've kind of, you know, maybe now I look at more long, long long-term plays. And that's kind of what I'm beginning to think about is eyeing these things that, you know, I don't just want to not that I ever really flipped cards or anything, but I don't really, I'm not really interested in like these short-term gains anymore. I, I feel like that's almost just too much work to to do all of that. And so I'm looking at things where, okay, no, I'm going to buy this card and I'm probably not going to sell it for a couple of years. And I think that's something that I'm focusing on. And with that comes with just buying a lot of proven players, like LeBron, Brady, that type of thing. I think that's smart. And we all go through that evolution. I, I certainly did. And you mentioned the work component. You're right. It is a lot of activity and a lot of work and the percentages to convert aren't typically very high. <laughs> um, and I think everybody out there listening has been through that as well. How do you view like just, I know like your channel isn't a channel that like people go to and are like waiting for every word you say and be like, okay, well, I'm going to go buy that card. And because, you know, Sam said it, I'm sure that happens a little bit. It's just part of the, the of being a content creator. How do you view that? Like a position where you're creating content, you're trying to 
you know, create value, but then at the, at the, on the other side of it too, like you've got this audience of people who you don't necessarily know exactly everyone who's listening to your stuff, but people are because you see the numbers. How do you feel like, and what's your level of responsibility when you're just talking about cards? Like, are you cautious when you do that? Like, what's your stance on that? Yeah, I, it's definitely a fine line that I, I think people stand on either side of that line uh, based on where they are with their content. But yeah, I, I feel like there sometimes there is somewhat of a responsibility to realize, you know, you can't just talk about this one card all all the time and expect people to not, you know, at least look into it or at least think, okay, maybe they are like, you know, talking about something good. But I also think as a content creator, you just, maybe you truly do believe in that card. And that is something that you, you feel like you should share with other people and not even for personal gain. And the fact that, you know, I'm going to talk about this card and then I'm going to go sell it, but no, I'm going to talk about this card and I'm going to just keep it or whatever. So there is a fine line. And I think it's interesting kind of the responsibility that, you know, some hobby content creators do have and trying not to, I guess, pump and dump different things. I, I feel like I, I just don't know where I really stand. I feel like hopefully people can judge the intent of like the content creator that they're watching and understand like, no, I, I truly believe that they're trying to help me or like maybe they are spotting like an instance where I should maybe go out and buy this. But I think as the watcher, you also have, you know, responsibility of like educating yourself and understanding, you know, I can't just trust one person's opinion. And I think that's something early on where, I'm not going to say I got burned by it because uh, I don't think I've gotten burned like too bad, but like there was a couple of times where I would go look up things on eBay and say, should I get this? Like, should I, or, you know, like they were talking about a lot, like they made some good points, but ultimately like it's my decision. And like, I try and do a little bit more further research to understand, you know, okay, no, I'm not going to do that. Like I'll just hold off and, and put it into something else. I love that. So much good stuff there. And then you mentioned previously about like transitioning to be more of a long game player, which I think that's the evolution when you're looking at cards and you're like for, from a long game perspective, I think one, one thing I do, and I'd love to hear your reaction to this is like, number one, like I have to like, I have to like care about the individual on the card. Like they have to give me some sort of uh, make me feel something. And then like, I kind of go down the list of like, okay, well, let's, try to get, you know, something a little more rare. Maybe I like refractors, you know, obviously like I wanted in a, a, a nice grade. So like, I try to like check the box on a bunch of d- different things before I go out and buy something now. And that's not how it was always. It was an evolution to that point. When you like, when you say long game purchasing and being a long game player, like what sort of factors kind of go into that decision-making for you? Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely agree with the evolution. I mean, a small evolution that I had was, you know, first off, I was literally buying like every Carolina Panthers card I could, like even if it was 10 cents and I realized I don't care about some of these cards. Like, I don't even know who some of these players are. I was just buying it. And now I realize, first off, I don't have room for that. Second off, like I, I have no attachment to this person. So that's just like, so now for Carolina Panthers PC, I look for more of the rare things and stuff like that. But in terms of like, I think, Overall, like maybe in terms of like holding on to something for more of an investment, not like a PC or anything, but like I, I do tend to think about, yeah, like the player, like is the player someone that I I like and I respect? I think that's something that I've, as even a sports fan, there are a lot of players who are really good, but 
I just don't like them. Like for some reason, like I actually like the hobby golden boy, Steph Curry, like he's even from North Carolina, but I originally just like did not like him at all. Like I know he's a great generational player, but I just, I, I don't really like him. I don't have any Steph Curry. So it's just like that type of thing where I, I kind of have to like the player or at least like grow to respect their game, which I have with Curry and, and others. But so that's one thing that I, I do agree with. And then, yeah, I, I think the, the more rare things is something that I also learned within the hobby was, you know, a base doesn't really mean anything anymore. You, you need some type of rarity because I think the rarity is what the true collector will want in general is something, you know, I just mentioned I have an evolution with my Panthers PC. Now I want the more rare stuff. So someone else is also going to want more rare things. But, but I think the attractiveness to the player or respectability of the player and then uh, the rare card, I think, is something that I'm going to be hunting for in the future. You're the first person on the show who has thrown a little bit of shade at Steph Curry. And I like I like how you call him a golden boy. And I also like how he kind of grew up in your backyard. But it's 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 how it all goes. Like I tend to I'm a Steph Curry guy. I like Steph. But when I feel like when I got back in the hobby, he he wasn't recognized like he is right now, where everyone's like obsessed with him. He was more low-key, and I was like, this guy. You know, it was ridiculous, but like no one's really talking about him. But it stuff stuff changes. Um, who's like since we're talking NBA, like who's a player that you do gravitate towards that you know is someone who who you collect or you want to collect? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I am through and through a LeBron James girl. Uh, I know, like, <laughs> LeBron is somewhat of a controversial player. I think for some people. Um, but I like loved him his first time at Cleveland. Like I was just like rooting for him all the way. And then I, I've kind of followed him throughout. So with Miami back to Cleveland, I, I will say I haven't followed him as much within the LA era, but um, when he was initially back with Cleveland the second time, I think the reason I started to dislike Steph is because he was beating LeBron. And I was <laughs> like, uh, I don't really like this. Like, I get it. You're good, but let's not be that good. So um that was kind of my other kind of pinpoint on stuff. But so I really like LeBron, but the thing about LeBron is so do a lot of other people and yeah. his pricing, it's already baked in, you know, it's a lot of people, MJ LeBron, they, they like to debate or some people say it's not a debate, but yeah. So there's just, there. he's a player that I would like to collect more of. It's just going to be the price point of collecting him. Yeah. The thing I, I've never seen anyone play basketball like LeBron and, I think my appreciation for him is a, it's a living legend playing basketball right now. And it's a rare opportunity to be able to watch that. Maybe we close it. I'd love to learn more like about just it, just in closing, like what is like the most important card or cards to you in your PC currently and why? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So my most important, or I guess, favorite card to me is actually it's a, it's a Luke Keekley card but it's actually a card that someone gifted to me um originally like when I first started the women of the hobby account they saw that I I collected the Panthers and they had this PC kind of rookie autograph numbered card so I was all over that um and they just gifted it to me so I wow. mean I think that's it's my favorite card because number one it's Luke Keekley I love that it's a it's a rare Luke Keekley kind of auto card and it's the fact that you know I think that really showed me just like the true kind of friendships you gain from this hobby and understanding, you know, there are people who will just like give you cards. Like I have people message me a lot and just say, here's some like Panther cards. Do you want them? 
was like, yeah, I will take them. Like, of course. So, I mean, it's such a giving hobby and I really appreciate that. And I think that card is something that obviously I'm never going to sell. And it's something that I'll just always remember is, I guess, like the generosity of everyone that I've met and all the relationships that, you know, have been built through through cards. So it, it's it's definitely my my favorite card and kind of my prized possession. I love it. I love it how it's a card that was gifted to you. The hobby is generous. There are so many good people. Before I let you get out of here, what can people expect from you in the channel going into next year? Yeah, definitely. So people can expect, I have to say it on record for it to actually you know, be held accountable, but people can expect more consistency from me. So uh, my goal is really to uh, get out at least one episode a week of whether it be just me and Hannah or me with another female collector. Or one thing that I had even kind of tried to get into the realm of was bringing in possibly like other female athletes who like might collect or anything like that. So I'm trying to grow um, and just trying to expand, you know, just kind of the different people that get brought on. So that's what you can expect. And yeah, I'm I'm just excited for, for it to keep going and me to just like keep meeting a lot of people I'll actually just kind of share this. It's actually kind of funny. Like when I initially started, someone just kind of like made a a comment, like, you know, I I wasn't sure if you were going to like run out of people, like of women, you know, to like highlight or anything like that, because they just didn't really know that many to begin with. But uh, I feel pretty confident now that I I won't run out of women to highlight each week or anything like that. So (laughs) I'm feeling pretty good. That's phenomenal. The hobby is better for the work you're doing. Sam, thank you so much. Everyone go check out Women of the Hobby on YouTube, Instagram, all of that stuff. We'll put it in the show notes and we'll have to get you back on here sometime in 2022. Thanks so much, Sam. Thank you. Everyone, go make sure you follow Sam on Instagram, follow Women of the Hobby, all of that stuff. It is in the show notes. So much inspiration there. I love what she's doing with her page. I'm excited to see what she's going to be doing. In 2022, gosh, I can't believe we're already talking 2022. It's right around the corner. Before we get into that, make sure you have a good week and take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. More stacking slabs coming at you next week. Bye.